You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Today's episode of the ToneMob.com podcast is brought to you by Keeley Electronics. Specifically, the new Compressor Plus. And I gotta tell you guys, the Compressor Plus did something that I didn't think was possible. For years, I've been a quote-unquote not-compressor guy. That's how I've described myself. I never found one that I really liked that well. Well, I got this one in a few weeks ago, and I can't turn the dang thing off. I've uh, been playing it every just about every time I play guitar, the Compressor Plus has been on and just given me all that sparkle and squeeze, but, you know, just enough. I like to run just a little bit. I'm really into this thing, and it's kind of turned me into a compressor guy. So go check out the Compressor Plus. It is dropping, um, I believe, over the 4th of July weekend. So keep your eyes uh, keep your eyes peeled. I believe it's dropping on July 5th. Yes, it's dropping July 5th. So check it out, the Keeley Compressor Plus. Oh, and did I mention the fact that it's only uh, $129? It's only $129. This episode is also brought to you by the fine, fine, ultra-awesome folks at Sinusoid Cables. They just introduced something new. They've had their Sasquatch cable for a while, which is like the biggest, beefiest, baddest speaker cable you've ever seen. And now, made even better. They got a gold-nickel combo that uh, is available for that big old monster of a cable. And I'm telling you, this is the biggest speaker cable I've ever laid eyes or fist upon. It's seriously cool. They're seriously cool. And uh, the everyone has consistently told me, like, I get so excited when I have a cable in the mail, and I never thought I would ever say that. And it's true that these guys, uh, these guys deliver. They're the bee's knees. So go check out sinusoid.com and get hooked up for all your cabling needs. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the ToneMob.com podcast. As you know, I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have Joshua Spataro of Righteous Sound Pickups. How's it going, man? It's going great, man. Thanks for having me, Blake. Yeah, no problem. It's always this weird thing, and I've said it on many episodes, how we have to pretend that we didn't talk for like 15, 20 minutes beforehand. It's like, this is the first time we, we talked talk- today. Totally. That it is. I I didn't realize that was you. No, that was that was my assistant, Blake. That oh, was my assistant, was Blake. Blake. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Which is actually kind of funny to think about because the guy who's going to be editing this episode is named Blake. There's only two. There's only two people that work on Toad Mob stuff, and they're both named Blake. <laughs> so shout out to Blake Kenny, uh, yet yet again, because he's the man who uh, helps make this show. Uh, actually be able to come out at a decent interval because I'm very slow at editing and he's not. So there you go. Well, thank you other. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, let, let's see. I'm going to give a little bit of background because we have some, not a huge background, but we actually first met. Usually I, I meet people on the interwebs first. Um, but we actually first met at the Tacoma Guitar Show here a few weeks ago or a month ago or whatever it was. Um, 
Unless you tried to email me at one time and I just forgot. Is that right? Is that a jive with your memory? Well, I was emailing you several times and I, I just don't think you ever responded to me. Oh. And then finally, I, I heard that you were going to be at the guitar show. So, so you bought a booth. I, I hunted you down. <laughs> yeah, I bought a booth because I heard you were going to be there. And I was like, yes, now's my chance. I'm an opportunist. Now's my chance <laughs> to meet this extremely weird short guy. It's great. <laughs> I didn't think so. I thought you were pretty awesome. Oh, well, likewise. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I played all of your, I think, well, all of the pickups that you had at the show. I played all of them and I thought they all sounded fantastic. And uh, actually, now that I take a step back, everyone knows that I'm homies with uh, Leon over at Pelican. And actually, my mm. first experience with your stuff was his uh, uh, set of Telecaster pickups you made for him. So I guess we do go back a little bit further than the, the Tacoma show. But uh, yes. Any, anyway. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I know you've got uh, quite a history in uh, we talked a lot at the show. But why don't I just stop yapping and let you talk about your musical backstory and kind of how that led into what you're doing now? Um, well, uh, always been a fan of music ever since I was a little, really little, um, pretty much raised on classic rock. My dad loved you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, high school, I started getting into punk rock music and uh, I'm from the San Francisco Bay area originally. Uh, so started playing in punk bands and and getting into modifying my guitar. Uh, always been into pickups. About got my first set of pickups at thirteen. Um, in this in the city I grew up in, it's a place called Redwood City, mm -hmm. and we had a music store there called Geld Music, and it was kind of the hangout that everybody in my area would go to. You know, all, all the musicians and young guys that wanted to become musicians. So I'd go there and. Uh, I had this Les Paul. It was actually my first Les Paul that I bought, which was a Les Paul studio. Mm -hmm. And just something about the sound, it just didn't sound right to me. So one of the guys at the shop was like, look, man. I mean, this was in the 90s, too. So this is when guitars came with terrible pickups. Right. Uh, 80s and 90s, you know, <laughs> the early 90s, they were really bad pickups. Um, so the guy told me, he's like, hey, man, first thing you need to do Anytime you buy a guitar, swap out your pickups. Now, I don't know if he was just telling me that because he worked at a music store. He wanted to sell um, me some pickups. <laughs> it could have been. If, if so, that guy was a genius. But uh, so, yeah, I bought my first set and then it was like, well, how do I put them in? And he told me, look, man, if you're going to be a guitar player, you need to learn how to work on your guitar. So it kind of started from there. And, and uh, I just realized what an important part of a guitar the pickups were. And then from there, it's just been this search for, for the perfect pickup and perfect tone. And yeah, man, that's, that's pretty, pretty much it in a nutshell as far as when I was younger. And then as I got older, um, you know, I was, I was playing in a band. Uh, we were pretty close to getting a record deal and then our singer quit. Uh, so I kind of find my, found myself, what am I going to do? So I thought about maybe getting into building amplifiers, mm -hmm. uh, really, really like amplifiers. Um, but then I was like, you know, maybe I'll start building pickups. So, uh, you know, I guess make a long story short, I ended up 
losing my job in California and relocating to Washington and getting a job at Lawler Pickups. Oh, well, and there you go. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, Jason Lawler, right? Like, really I think cool. I've heard of him before. Yeah, that guy. Oh, it's like he's... <laughs> yeah, it sounds familiar now. Well, that's what what kind of time frame you wizard. are you talking about here? So in, you were talking about in the nineties, kind of when you started coming up, getting into punk rock. What's the general mm-hmm. time we're looking at here while you were working at Lawler? So I started working at Lawler probably two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, maybe. Um, yeah, it was right when the economy crashed. I had lost my job in California, and you know. I guess I should should uh, get in a little little detail how I got my job there, which is a pretty cool story. Um, I had played. I eventually my tone quest had led me to Lawler Pickups. My mother in law lived on Vashon Island. Oh, okay. She had moved there from California, and she installed the phone line at Lawler Pickups. But th- this was when he was just starting to make his business. She she put in the phone line there, and she's like. Hey, have you ever heard of a guy named Lawler? And I was like, no. She goes, well, I, I picked you up a couple set of pickups. Um, oh, your mom sounds you to check it out. <laughs> yeah, she's actually my mother-in-law. Yeah, she's a, a huge blessing. Um, but yeah, so she, she got me them. And I had been playing you know, Duncan's, DiMarzio's, pretty much what I could get in a music store before. And... Uh, I got these things and I put them in my guitar and at first it was like, I don't know if I really like these. Um, they sound totally different than what I'm used to. And after playing on them for about two weeks, it was just like, these things are amazing. I mean, it, it, they made me a better player. I could hear things that I had never heard before. I, I actually had picking dynamics, you right, know, you'd, right. you'd strum hard and, and they'd, the notes would bloom and you'd back off and it'd clean up. It wasn't something that I had ever really experienced before with the, the pickups I was previously playing. Um, so anyway, fast forward to uh, I had you lost my what, job. What they were? Were they? Because I mean, this is about gear after all. What were they? Humbuckers Absolutely. or what were they? She actually <laughs> she got me three sets. <laughs> okay. She got me a, a set of Imperials, which are the humbuckers. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also got me a set of P90s, uh, which was his standard wind. Mm-hmm. And then she got me uh, a set of tellies, which were, I think it was a special uh, set, which it w- was his higher output um, telly pickup okay. at the time. Um, yeah, man, they sounded fantastic. It, like I say, it, it, it made me hear things that I'd never heard before and actually become a better player because of mm-hmm. it. Um, so I had been a big fan of, of Waller pickups. So I end up losing my job in California and I'm like, man, what am I going to do? It was really hard to find a job. Um, so my wife and I decided we felt this push to move up to Washington and we're like, yeah, let's move up to Washington. So I took this job at a gas station um, <laughs> on, on the island mm-hmm. um, and I, I had... That job was actually arranged for me before I got up there from my father-in-law. Gotcha. And uh, I wasn't too excited about working at a gas station, but hey, I needed a job. And for the time being, it was it was cool. I had planned on, you know, I'm going to go to Lawler. I'm going to see if they're hiring. 
But man, I drive my car out in front of the shop there and I would just get so nervous to go in there, you know, because I really looked up to him. It's like, dude, here's Jason Lawler, you know, this, what if I go in there and they think I'm stupid or not hiring? <laughs> and yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I had, uh, I, I had got to a point where I had said a prayer. I just said, Hey Lord, you know, I'm sitting out in front of Lawler shop. I'm just like, I don't have the courage to do this. Um, I need you to open this door if this is what you've got planned for me. Mm -hmm. So a couple weeks later, I'm at the gas station and in walks a lady in a Lawler guitars t-shirt. And I was like, I like your shirt. And she goes, oh, you've heard of our pickups. And I was like, what? Heard of your pickups? You know, right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I use them, you know. So uh, we start talking a little bit and I ask her if they're hiring. And she's like, yeah. It turns out that this lady was Stephanie Wall. I was going to say. Uh, yeah. Jason's, Jason's wife, mm -hmm. you know, and she's like, yeah, come in, come in tomorrow and we'll have an interview. And I went in there, had an interview and, and got the job. So that's uh, kind of what set me more in the direction of going into pickup. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And so how long did you work there? Um, obviously you're not there now, but like how long did you work for Lawler and what did you gain from from being around somebody who's like the pickup guy? Uh, I, I worked there for almost, almost three years and, um, you know, I definitely, definitely cut my teeth there. He, uh, he, you know, would show me how to, to lead, um, pick up wires. And actually when I was there, I wound the most of the humbuckers, mm -hmm. um, while I worked there. Uh, the Chris Cornell tribute, uh, or his signature model. I, I wound all the Lawler Trons for that. Oh man, don't, that, that one's, that one's still a little fresh for me. I know. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's a different uh, subject, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I basically had, when I had started, you know, you start out at the bottom, you're prepping bobbins, you're building bobbins. Um, and as you progress there and, and learn, learn stuff, you'll be put on to, to potting pickups and then winding pickups and assembling, you know, it's, it's, it was cool to work there to see how an actual manufacturing operation is run. Um, you know, I came from office jobs before that where it's, it was totally different. This was my first production job mm -hmm. and I took on to it really fast and just, I I had a great time there. Uh, still, still am in contact with the people that work there. And, yeah, I'm very grateful for that opportunity. That's very cool. So what uh, what was the yeah. the jumping off point for you? Are you still on Are you still on Vashon, or did you? Are you? I know you're in Washington. No, no, we actually. Uh, uh, my wife and I relocated to. Uh, I, I live in a, a town called Gig Harbor, mm -hmm. which is near Tacoma, uh, Washington. So, no, I uh, actually from from Lawler, I moved on to another uh, guitar company and worked there for a while as I was getting ready to to start Righteous Sound and uh, kind of dialing in my recipes and and tooling up and everything. Do you want to talk about that company or what you did there? Sure. Yeah, who was, yeah who was I, that? I worked for. Uh, I worked for Warmoth Guitar Products. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, that's uh, another great company. And I, 
I definitely learned from there the customer service side of running a business. And uh, yeah, man, I've, I'm really blessed and I've had some pretty cool opportunities. Yeah, you have. I mean, yeah, those are two very well-established, well-respected companies in, in the uh, guitar space. So Bournemouth's, you know, kind of a, a different ball game, but that's a, that had to have been pretty fascinating working there for a little while too. There's a, they do a lot of, uh, I'm for everything that they do and the, the output they have, I'm surprised at the variety of parts that they produce. For anyone that doesn't know, Warmoth basically makes a whole bunch of bodies and necks in, in amongst other mm-hmm. things. But, uh, that's that's really cool. You had a ha, uh some good opportunities there. But what was the thing that made you want to start your own thing, which is Righteous Sound? Uh, like I say, I've always been into the pickups and modding guitars and and building guitars, and uh, I've been able to through through pickup swaps and building my own pickups take guitars that you know, I, I considered dogs, they didn't sound very good and, and turn them into amazing sounding instruments. Um, and I just kind of was led into doing pickups. Um, like I say, I, I caught on to it pretty quickly and, and started doing my own recipes and, and becoming members of, of forums and talking to, to other builders about what that they do and you know, hey, I'm trying to do this. What do you guys think of that? And yeah, it's it's a cool journey, man. I mean, it's I, I feel that pickups are sometimes overlooked by players. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they they really they can take an amazing instrument and even make it better. Or like I was saying, they can take an instrument that's not very good and turn them into something that's insane i mean it's like the engine of your guitar it is it is i mean that's why you see like things of various people like jack white like put a pickup on a two by four and it sounded cool yeah (laughs) yeah there's something totally there's something about the way the the strings interact and i honestly i'm very ignorant to to pickups myself um despite being a serious gearhead i i kind of i've told you before i go through and i like if i pick up a guitar and i don't like it there's a good chance the pickups are at fault, but I'll, I won't. I won't buy it or like go any. Like, well, that one's bad. <laughs> so when right. maybe it all all it right. needed was a, a pickup swap, um, and, absolutely, and it could it could have been a, a masterpiece. But um, are there any? Um, you you mentioned that like I want I want to pick your brain a little bit about it just because I've been. Uh, let me take a, a few steps back. I got uh oh, here we go talking about this again. Um, I got this uh, 1981 Les Paul Custom here recently, mm-hmm. which the year didn't really matter, but a white Les Paul Custom for me has been a dream guitar forever. Ooh. And then that kind of led me down the path of digging into, uh, well, why do I like this thing so much? Because like, I've played several that were just dogs, and this one was just one of those ones that was magical for me. Um, I can't mm-hmm. stop playing that guitar. But then I, I started looking into the Tim Shaw humbuckers. And mm-hmm. I don't know if, how much you know about that stuff, but it's the internet is very conflicted on what actually went into those based on ba- various forum members' opinions. Uh, or I read this interview once, and it said this. So it's like hard to know what is it about those pickups. Have you 
experienced those? Do you know anything about them? Or I'm totally being selfish right now. I just want to know about my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's that's fine. I actually had an 84 Silver Burst um, Les Paul custom that I'm pretty sure it had Shaw, Shaw buckers in there. Um, the neck pickup was amazing. Uh, but anyway, I guess uh, Shaw's are the closest um, replication of a P or of a PAF pickup mm -hmm. that Gibson had made. Um, that's my understanding of them is that uh, he he had obsessed about that design and wanted to replicate it. I had heard too that at the time when he worked for Gibson, there there was himself and another gentleman building pickups there and. The other gentleman, I, I'm not sure what his name is, mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, his pickups are not as desirable as as the Shaw. Tim Shaw's are right. be because he put so much into the design of those pickups, trying to replicate the older pickup. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's 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 interesting. Yeah, I I experienced the same same thing. I I think the neck pickup is just one of the greatest sounds I've ever heard. The bridge is good. And the middle position is good, yeah. but the neck is like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was actually my experience too, where it was just like, man, this neck pickup is, I've never heard anything like it. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think a, a lot of guys make the mistake of overwinding their neck pickup. So it, uh, sounds really dark and, and not brilliant. Whereas the Shaw Bucker is, has a real brilliant sound to it and it's very responsive to your playing and, so, so maybe this would be good a good thing for me to not be so, so ignorant on this stuff. Like, I understand the basics of pickup construction, but I don't really know, like, uh, well, obviously adding more wire, you know, is more output and so on and so forth. I know some of that stuff, but what makes it sound a certain way? Some guys' pickups are just amazing and some guys are not my style. So, like, what changing what about what, if you can dumb it down for us kind of average Joe guitar players, changing what pieces of the pickup, what effect does that have on it? Because they all have sort of similar construction. It's magnets wrapped around wire. At least I think so. It, it is, um, <laughs> but it's how you use the ingredients. So I kind of relate it to cooking. So um, how one guy puts a recipe together. Um, isn't going to be the same, you know, they're using the same ingredients, but another guy is going to cook his recipe differently. And each, each piece, each ingredient of that recipe and how it's used plays into the overall, you know, the end result, what you're going to end up with. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, let, let's take a humbucker, for example, um, how you wind the humbucker, what type of wire you use, how much wire you put on each bobbin. Do you put the same amount? Do you put different amounts? I mean, all of those are going to affect the sound. What material are you using for the screws? Mm -hmm. What type of magnet? How strong of a magnet? So a stronger magnet is going to give you more output, but it's also going to give you um, like a sharper sound. Yeah, yeah. Say if, if you're using like an Alnico 5, the highs and the lows are going to be a lot bigger on a fully charged magnet. Whereas if you kill some of the strength of the magnet, it kind of softens the pickup a little bit. 
Um, there's, there's a lot that goes into it, man. I mean, I've literally done probably thousand, maybe 1500 prototypes of pickups. I mean, I've got boxes and boxes of old, just prototypes that I've done, you know, and, and like I say, each, each thing, um, weighs into it. Man. So <laughs> it's the rabbit holes deep. It's, it's funny. It's, um, that's almost like. Um, it almost sounds like kind of building a fuzz in some ways. Because uh, yeah. like, like it's like, okay, there's a fuzz and there's, you know, there's only so many varieties of fuzz circuits, right? They're all kind of based around the same thing. But you change one little thing and all of a sudden you have a completely different sounding effect. Even though it started out as a tone bender, you know, <laughs> like it all started as a tone yeah. bender or a big muff or whatever. And it's like, but you change one resistor here, one over here, one over there, and it's like, now th- th- these could be not even the same circuit as far as your ears know. Um, Absolutely. Which is yeah. another reason I needed to get you on, because you're a fellow fuzz fiend. Absolutely. I, I, <laughs> I've, I've gone down the fuzz path for a while, man. I, <laughs> I definitely dig it. But yeah, it's like, you know, you get one dude's version of a big muff, and then you try it against another company's version of a big muff, it's like there's some characteristics that are are the same, but at the same time they sound totally different from each other. And it's it's as you say, it's they've they've used a, a different transistor here, or you know, I mean, it it all plays into it, man. It's so cool. And I think it, I think it's the same thing. Like you said, you've got thousands of pickups, prototypes that you've done. I I know that the, these guys <laughs> probably have. Maybe they don't have thousands of prototypes, but they've tried it a thousand different ways on a breadboard, you know, to yes. come up with yes. it. Um, Absolutely. So it's it's kind of a an interesting thing. I I there's just there's been a couple of guys I talked like, man, this pedal sounds amazing, and they're like, why do you like it so much? And I kind of give them the musician's version of why, and I'm like, well, you know, it's just a it's just a tone bender. I'm like, well, yeah, I do. I, I yeah, I know that, but but listen to it. It's it's it's. No, it's not just a tone bender, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's interesting because I I haven't got to talk in depth with a pickup guy before, so it's it's interesting to note that it's all kind of the the same thing. Um, oh yeah, different variables of a of a classic recipe resulting in uh, ultimate tonage. I mean, come on, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, how long have you been doing Righteous Sound at this point? I've been open for about two years. Mm-hmm. Um, a little over two years I've been doing Righteous Sound. And I've been doing Righteous Sound full-time since uh, December. Oh, okay. So, 2017, or, tw- or late 2016, early 2017, you've been full-time. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's a huge blessing, man. It's I get to do something that I'm super passionate about and just love doing, man. That's a uh, that's always the uh, the ultimate goal, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. You get to spend the day doing what you enjoy versus what you, you know, have to count parts or something. I, mean, I guess you do have to count yes. parts still sometimes. <laughs> I I do I do, but it's different because I can actually see the end result of oh man. It's so cool. I just got a batch of Alnico 5 magnets and I know what they're going to be. You know, right. it's, it's pretty cool. Man. Yeah, it's, that's, that's awesome. Um, so you're, uh, 
your current designs, um, do you have any particular favorites? I know out of the stuff that I played at the show what my favorite is, but I forgot the name of it. Um, so maybe you can refresh my memory. But you you just came out with a new one that was kind of a single coil sounding P90, but that's really a dumb man's version of what it actually sounds like. That sounds it sounds really really good. Um, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's actually a single coil sounding uh, humbucker. Or yeah, humbucker. Right? Sorry, sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Because a P90, a P90 is a single, is a single coil. Single coil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, called the twenty one twenty one, and I I had wanted to. Uh, I was building a Jazzmaster at the time, and I wanted to make a pickup um, that was a humbucker but sounded as close as I could get it to a single coil. And, and uh, I think I got pretty close, man. It's I'm pretty proud of the design. It's unlike um, anything that I've ever done or seen other builders do. Um, and, uh, and I guess without giving away too much <laughs> is uh, it, it's a, it's a single coil sounding humbug. Yes. But when I played it, I didn't even care about that. I just thought this thing sounds, but it sounded fatter <laughs> and 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 it, it was like, what? How do I explain this? It, it sounded sort of, kind of, maybe sort of, kind of like a wide range humbucker, sort of, but with a more high end to me at least. Um, that's cool, man. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, if, if that's what you heard, then that's. Rad. That, you know, I'm totally cool. Is that, that. Way, as long as you is that your it, way of saying you're wrong? That's not what it is. <laughs> no, not at all. No, I, you know, it's one guy will listen to one pickup and, and, or a guitar and he'll hear it one way. You know, one guy's like, man, that's too dark. And then another guy will listen to the same thing and go, that's too bright, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so if wide range pickups are something that, that, you appreciate and you like and you heard that man i'll I'll take that as a compliment I took, absolutely i took the good things uh, you know like i i really like the vintage wide rangers um a lot mm. um i just that they they were like to me like what i was uh, just everything i liked about both worlds of single coil and humbucker yeah. basically hence the quote-unquote wide range nature of them i suppose <laughs> um, and i felt similarly about this i thought it slanted a little a, a lot more single coil which was your goal mm -hmm. but they had this fatness yeah. and this rich, richness to it that i i just remember really really liking a lot um thanks man so i'm just like i gotta find a guitar yeah, to it, find a guitar to put them in <laughs> well they fit in a standard humbucker slot so if you've got something besides your les paul that's got some humbuckers um They'd be pretty cool. I mean, you know, they, like I say, I've got them in a Jazzmaster right now that I had the Jazzmaster routed for humbuckers and I, it just complements that guitar really nicely, man. I'm, I'm pretty stoked on them. Yeah. So was that the, that, was that the same guitar I played up there? It, it is. is. Yeah. It's a silver burst Jazzmaster yeah. roasted swamp ash body. I mean, I could totally geek out about all the specs on the guitar, but it <laughs> it just turned out so cool. It's one of my favorite guitars that I it did. It, that that was an awesome guitar. Everything everything about it Thanks, was good. Man. Thank you. Yeah, that's a uh, that's all Warmoth parts. Um, yeah, I mean those guys make amazing, just amazing guitar parts. 
which is good because that makes for an amazing guitar at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> it's funny how that moves out. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. You use all the good parts and you put it together, right? It's like it's a good instrument. <laughs> it's or like good. Yeah, it's totally good. <laughs> weird. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have? Yeah. Uh, so a little while ago, before we started recording, you mentioned something, and it really struck a chord with me. Uh, and I was like, I don't know, this doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about, but you you were talking about your daughter, and I feel like that can't help but play a role in your business and your decision making, so maybe you can, you know, briefly mention what you were talking about before, and we can dig yeah. into that w without me getting all sobby and weepy, maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't get sobby and weepy, then you can't. Okay. <laughs> Okay, all right. I'll get it together. But I, I just feel <laughs> like that, like the, the, especially with the small companies, like like what you are running, it, those those personal struggles and things are are so linked. I feel like that had to have played a role, played a role in what you're doing now. So I think people would really appreciate. Oh, absolutely, it. absolutely. And this actually, uh, you know, we had we had just moved up to Washington. Um, I had just started working at Waller actually. Um, and my wife and I had, had noticed that we couldn't see emotion in one of my daughter's eyes. Um, we'd look at her and it just kind of, one of them, you know, she'd smile and, and laugh and you could see it in her eye. But the other one, like I say, there just wasn't really an emotion, mm -hmm. any emotion to it. Um, so we started doing some research on the internet and, uh, you know, a couple things came up and it was like, ah, I don't know, really, you know, maybe she's just got uh, what's called a lazy eye or the, the medical term is strabismus. Um, but as time progressed a little bit, we started noticing that when we take pictures of her, um, there was this white glow in her eye. So not only was her eye not showing emotion, there was this white glow. And then we'd go to change her diapers and we'd notice like in certain light you could see into the back of her eye and we're like, this isn't right. There's something wrong here. So did a little more research on, on, on the computer. And it was like, well, this could be a cataract or it could be a, a, a form of cancer called retinoblastoma, which is um, cancer uh, of the retinal cells in the back of your eye. You know, so... I don't want it to sound like it was this huge space of time where we're waiting and just seeing it. I mean, this is a matter of probably like a week or two since we noticed her eye was kind of lacking emotion. And then we start noticing these things in pictures. And well, it turns out that right, right. she had this really rare form of cancer called retinoblastoma. Um, and uh, yeah, man, not, not only did she have, Actually, let me back up here because this is actually, this is pretty cool story. Um, retinoblastoma is such a rare cancer that um, there are only a handful of specialists in the United States that know how to treat this kind of cancer. And it just so happened to turn out that in Seattle at the Children's Hospital here, there was one of the specialists um, that handles retinoblastoma patients. His name's Dr. Weiss. And we, uh, we, we've been really blessed and fortunate enough to, to be in the area that we are. And she's doing great now. Uh, she, uh, 
She's officially a cancer survivor as of November of this year. Uh, she was diagnosed at seven months. She's now six years old. Uh, oh yeah, I, you know, I, so. I remember seeing her there at the show. That's that's yeah, that's so amazing. Yeah, um, you know a lot a lot of good stuff is has come from it. My daughter's been on the Ellen Show uh, five times. Oh wow, uh, she yeah <laughs> she got a um, her own web webisode series i guess is what they call it uh where she tests toys for the ellen show um whoa <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty cool we started a, a foundation um called the live love foundation where that will send uh, what we call a blessing bundle which is uh we'll send basically a care package catered towards uh the patient. So, so kids that have cancer, we'll send them these packages that, that, you know, if they like Batman or Superman, we'll get them a bunch of Batman toys and, uh, Violet hand writes a letter to them. And it's just, it's really cool, man. You know, a lot of cool stuff has come from this, this terrible thing that's happened, uh, to us, but you know, it's, it's all good, man. It's all worked out. And we just, take it day by day because not only did we find that out that she had cancer, we found out that, um, that type of cancer, about 40% of the kids that have retinoblastoma have, uh, a hereditary form, which means that they have a genetic mutation, mm-hmm. um, that ca- where their cells don't have uh, a stop clock. So she's at risk for cancer and, every cell of her body for the rest of her life. So it's something that'll have to be monitored closely. Um, you know, but she's just a, she's an inspiring kid. I mean, for me, man, she makes me want to be a better man. So, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, n- not to, not to say that your pickups aren't, aren't uh, incredible. Cause I know that <laughs> I know they are, but, uh, that, that whole thing is, a something completely bigger in and of itself. I mean, uh, the, the work that you guys are doing on that front, uh, you know, having seen some, some kids, uh, have to go through that. Like I, I know, uh, any, any little bit of joy that can be injected into the family's life by, you know, by your foundation or the work of other people. That's a, that's a massive thing, even though it feels kind of small. And so that's, that's pretty incredible. Oh, it, it is absolutely massive to the people that are going through it. I mean, man, I had no idea about just, you, you hear of, you'll see a commercial on TV for like St. Jude's and you're like, oh man, that's, that's terrible. But actually living it and experiencing it, man, it's, I, I mean, I, there's just, it's so much worse than what you perceive it to be. At least it was for, I mean, I can only speak for my family, mm-hmm. but we've met other families that go through it. And it's just like, dude, it's, it's so much worse than, 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 like I say, how you perceive. I mean, like Violet will get, get a fever, you know, and for normal, uh, a parent that's had a normal, you know, upbringing for their child. It's like a fever is like, ah, no big deal. They're just sick. But for us, it's like, 
dude, okay, is this something else? What is this a flu? Is this maybe a, another, is like it a sim- possibly like a another cancer? Yeah. 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 Is it something more than, than what most people would probably just go, ah, they're fine. You know? So uh, it's, it's opened up things in our life that beforehand I never even knew existed, you know? <laughs> um, well, I think that side yeah. of it too is I only learned about that despite having, you know, known some people. Um, I didn't know about that side of it until literally yesterday. I was actually listening to a mm-hmm. different podcast with a guy talking about uh, the exact, almost, not not the exact same thing. It wasn't retinoblastoma specifically, but it was a a form of cancer that his daughter was fighting, and he was talking about like. Everything was fine. Everything was gravy. And then we had to go to the ER because she had whatever. And I was like, yeah. I kind of did. I, I was working, doing some stuff at the same time, like working on some things. And I I had to stop and rewind. I was like, you had to take your daughter to the ER for a what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. then listen to the rest of the conversation. It was like, no, that's 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 the new normal uh, yeah. when you get to that point. Yeah. And that's. I can't imagine how hard that is. That that sounds incredible. But you, um, you seem to have, uh, uh, I don't know what the word is, gotten a positive spin on something that's uh, potentially very disheartening. Um, I think you have to. Mm-hmm. You you have to, man. Be and <laughs> if you don't, you'll just go crazy. Um, like I say, I mean, she'll get a bruise on her leg and it's like, man, that bruise looks pretty nasty. Is that, you know, cause a sign she's at risk for leukemias. So it's like, is man, you know, something that the doctors told us to look for is bruising. So is that a normal bruise or, or what is that? I mean, you are definitely, it is life changing. You know, a new normal is a good way to put it, but it also forces you to really live in the moment and go, well, this is where we're at right now. And right now we're cancer free and there's a lot of cool stuff happening. I mean, my, she, she's going to be in a pilot show uh, for a, a Netflix series that if the pilot goes well, she's got uh, a chance of it being picked up for 10 episodes. Whoa. You know I mean? It's, Whoa. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's incredible, man. I mean, just, uh, there is good that comes from bad things you know you hear balances and all this stuff um Mm -hmm. me personally i'm i i am a christian um so it's it's caused me to to really have to depend on god because i'm personally me josh i'm not strong enough to handle that stuff i need something bigger you know I, I need something bigger than me to be out there and and just to see all the stuff that Violet's got to do. It's amazing, man. It's amazing that good has come from the worst possible thing that could happen to to my family. It, yeah, I mean that that is uh, literally almost as bad as it could possibly be, and and for things to uh, kind of turn around the way they have, I, I'm so happy to hear that you guys are are doing well right now that i this is all just for anyone who's listening this is all just news to me as of the last i'm just like like (laughs) what i thought we were going to talk about magnet types (laughs) 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 and so i'm just kind of like taken aback and uh here i am you know looking at a picture of my son 
looking at me right now. Hi there, kid. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about like, tr and, and I'm I'm trying to conduct a solid interview whilst wondering what the heck I would do, you know, mentally. And uh, uh, you gotta you gotta <laughs> seriously just. You got to fight, man. I mean, if, if you ever found yourself in that situation, you, it brings out things inside of you that you didn't even know were there. You know, I mean, you've, you're, you're put against something so real. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's gnarly, man. It's a life changing experience. You know, we, we've, uh, actually tried to, September is childhood cancer awareness month. And the color for childhood cancer is gold. Um, so as far as uh, pickups, you know, we've, we're going to do a, I have a model called the gold tooth, which is a, a humbucker. And I use one gold screw in there. Mm -hmm. um, and in, in September, I'm hoping that we're in a position that we could put out some advertisements, um, go gold for September or something like that. And, you know, we'll, put portions of the proceeds that we sell from pickups towards, um, you know, like the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which is a, another amazing organization for families that, that are going through that. Um, also, uh, Violet's Live Love Foundation. And um, yeah, man, there's, there's a lot of good that can come from it. Wow. Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty amazing. I, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm sitting here like okay like absorbing everything and trying to think of a follow up question and I'm just like my jaw's kind of on the floor like I don't even know what to say. You guys are uh, you guys are doing some incredible things over there. That's amazing what you've been able Thanks. to you know uh, the adversity you guys have been able to overcome as a as a family and and I, I know it takes an impact on you personally and it's just really inspiring to hear these things that's a thanks that's man. that's amazing yeah. <laughs> um thanks uh, we just do what we have to do man <laughs> to try to get it somewhat back on topic sort of kind of because we i don't think we can really go up from here has for you in dealing with with this as a kind of a, it, i mean it it's a family problem or a family issue but it's also everyone handles things differently i have a feeling if it were me um, music would have a big part of the uh, relief or, uh, you know, some sort of outlet for me. Have you found that that's been anything for you through this process or is it kind of a, a separate thing altogether? Um, I haven't been fortunate enough to play in a band since I've moved to Washington just because, you know, Really, our life has been so upside down. Haven't really had time to do that. But I would definitely say that um, building pickups was a way for me to get away and just concentrate on what I'm doing in the moment. And I won't say that your mind ever goes completely off of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at, at the time when we were diagnosed, I, I was actually working at Lawler. Um, so I'd go there and I'd just put my headphones in um, and just put my head down and work, man. Try to, try to wind as many coils as I could that day. Um, it, it was a weird time, man. It was, it's, 
it's still weird, you know, just like you say, it's, it's, a, you're, you're finding a new normal and like how to function in search, certain situations. It's a learning process. Um, you know, but, but for me, pickups have, has, have been an amazing escape from, from that for, for at least a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think, uh, it, it seems like, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm just going to stutter for a little while, if that's okay with you. That's uh, okay. <laughs> no, man. I do it all the time. Uh, you, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, se- it seems to me like, I don't know, if there's something that you're really, you're really into or you're really passionate about, um, obviously you can take things too far one way or the other, but I, I do think that people that have like a, a interest in things, it can help get through, you know, rough times like this. Mm-hmm. So whether, whether, regardless if it's, you know, I like bird watching or I like, right. you know, landscaping right. or I like whatever. If there's just something you can go do for an hour, that's not the hard thing that you're trying to deal with. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, I feel like it's good for you mentally. Um, even even if you're not dealing with some something that hard, sometimes it's nice to just to like, oh, I got this thing I'm super into. I can just go do it for a little while. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, and I can only imagine that's amplified. Uh, times 10 <laughs> in, in those situations. But, uh, um, yeah. Well, I'd like to, like, uh, you know, gear nerd out with you a little bit more, but it all kind of seems a little bit unimportant now. <laughs> <laughs> it's gear is always important. Uh, <laughs> well, that's true. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of failing as an interviewer. Because I'm just, I'm thinking about kids and all the struggles and like, I'm supposed to talk to him about all those amps that he bought, but I'm actually kind of just want to, uh, we could, we can get into that again. We can get in. We can definitely do this again (laughs) because amps, I've been on a long amp journey, man. So we could probably kill some time talking about amps. Well, we got at least bare minimum of eight minutes right now. So that's. That's okay. probably enough time we can get into amps. It's a terrible, that's the worst segue I've ever done. Uh, I don't think I can, we should have already talked about the amps. But hey, let's talk about the amps. We probably should have. Sure, I, I would love to talk about amps. <laughs> let's lighten this thing up. Let's talk about amps. I'm, first of all, I'm really glad that, uh, that she's doing good. That's, that's the best, that's the best uh, part of this story in my, in my mind. That is. That is the best thing. So there's that. Thank you. Yeah, it's just pretty cool, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is is uh is cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I don't want to bring it down uh, again, but I I, well, I guess I have it. to because it's. You a, didn't bring it. D- I mean, it, you you ended on the highest note. Well, we we're about to talk about amps, but um, oh, okay. You're just exposed to stuff that you know, like my daughter's six, and she's buried more of her friends than I have you know, in my lifetime. So like you just get, uh, you get exposed to this whole world that, that you never knew existed. Um, for us, it's, we've had a happy ending, but for some people they don't. So, you know, I guess I would just encourage people to be uh, sensitive to other people. And and if you can donate to like organizations like the make a wish St. Jude, um, 
you know, my, my wife's definitely smoother at talking and a better ambassador than I am. Uh, she knows tons of organizations to, to donate to. Um, but yeah, man, if, if we're going to try to make a difference, uh, in the lives of people and that's the way to do it. Yeah. We're not talking about amps. <laughs> okay, I didn't think so. <laughs> no, you're right. That is a, that is probably the most important thing we could actually say at this point. I know you guys tuned in to hear about pickups, and we talked about that a little bit. But you know what? This is a this is a lot more important. So if you guys can go check out those organizations, um, is there somewhere where um, since you said she's your your daughter's into some various things at this point. Is there somewhere they can go for more information or if they want to yeah. donate specifically to you guys' foundation or um, anything like that that you would like to talk about? Just real quick. Yeah, yeah. The foundation is the Live Love Foundation mm-hmm. and it's livelove.org and that is, is our foundation. Um, actually, when we started, it, started the foundation, we weren't really giving toys you know, kids, when they go through cancer or anybody really, uh, they lose their hair. So my wife started making these really cool hats for kids at the hospital to wear after they had lost their hair due to treatment. And then it just kind of blossomed from there, man. Mm -hmm. You know, we got into toys and, and, uh, yeah, it's cool. Please check it out. It's called the, the live love foundation. And, uh, you know, again, make a wish is another great organization. So. All right. That that that's probably the knowledge we should uh, leave them with. Uh, also, I'm sure if if you want to get back on the gear nerd train, you can check out Josh's stuff at you know Righteous Down Pickups, of course, which is what we were yeah. supposed to talk about. But <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I've been told that I'm a decent interviewer, but I think I'm only decent at interviewing when it's not serious. So I guess. Um, Thanks for talking about all that, and it really, uh, I think, gives us a lot to to chew on. And um, is there, uh, yeah? Why don't you go ahead and plug all your stuff too, and then we'll we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up. Oh, well, go ahead and plug all your stuff, and I got one more question. Okay, um, yeah. Uh, if you want to check out uh, my pickups, it's righteoussoundpickups.com. Uh, you can email me directly through there. If you don't see something on the site that you're interested in, I can do custom stuff. Um, I can do rewinds. I uh, definitely have an attention to detail and uh, can can. Uh, I'm confident I can get you what you're after, man. And I also want to thank you for just giving me this opportunity. Well, I'm I after I talked to you at the show, I knew you had to come on. I didn't really, I didn't really have a choice in the matter just is what it is so thank you for taking the time and uh and and doing this it's it's always a everyone who comes on is doing me a favor so i i appreciate that um but the last question and this is probably the best way we could possibly put a cherry on this thing and it's the classic tone mob question which i almost forgot because i was trying not to cry um (laughs) which would be uh josh what kind of pizza do you like? Ooh, okay. I'd probably just go straight up mushroom. Ooh. I just like straight mushroom pizza. I can't argue with that. I love mushrooms. I love them. Absolutely. 
I gotta have a yep. little meat, but man, if I had to choose to not have meat, mushrooms would be my other thing. If I'm gonna roll meat, I'll throw a little bacon on it. Bacon and mushrooms, it's amazing. Not Canadian bacon. Regular. Bacon bacon. Regular bacon. Yep, straight bacon. Yes. That sounds incredible. I know what I... It I, is. And if you want to get even sicker with that, please. throw some pineapple oh, on Oh, no. It. No, don't ruin it. What? No, dude. You got to have the salty and the no, sweet. No. And then the fungus of the mushroom. You've lost me at the pineapple. Sorry. I can't do it. Okay. We'll back up then. We'll just keep it real. <laughs> with. But hey, it's not about what I like. But I have to, you know. It's not about what I like. Talk to one guy. His name ri- rhymes with Ryan Blompler. He likes to... <laughs> dip his pizza in ranch sometimes. I'm just like, come on, fella. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, see, dude, I'm fist bumping uh, Ryan Bompler. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, we got pineapples and we got ranch. Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know if I can handle this. We got to end this interview, I think. I can't handle it anymore. Well, speaking of Bompler, <laughs> I'd like I'd like to talk about a tumness one day. Oh, you'd like to talk about a tumness with the... With Brian Blompler, or whatever his name is? Yes, yeah. with that dude. I don't know him. I probably can't <laughs> get you his info. I will send him some ranch. <laughs> or at least a mix. Some ranch mix or He'll something. Because... <laughs> uh, knowing him, he might be down for a Tumnus ranch trade. If the ranch is quality really? enough. Hidden Valley, dude, nothing but the I don't, best. Well, I don't know. I think you can get that at a local store. That might not quite work out. Um, get to get some like All local right. Washingtonian ranch. I could repackage it and just say that. Oh, but don't tell him that. Oh, that's a good idea. You could do like like what Joyo does. Just like say absolutely, it's, a, it's not a sweet honey. It's a sweet baby overdrive. That's Completely right. Different. Those dudes are onto something over yeah. there. Hey. Tell you what, I got a business that proposition for you. I want to talk to you about uh, ranch repacking uh, off the air and see if we can sell it to people. I'm going to tell you right now, I've never told this to anybody, that I have an idea. And I'm not going to tell you the idea because there's tons of dudes that will steal oh, it. Steve's. But I have an idea for, for a dipping sauce, and I already have my slogan. And this is for after Right to Sound. Like, after Right to Sound takes off, and I'm ready to retire, and I found a dude that can take it over. Right. I'm going to be kind of like Joe Perry, who makes barbecue sauce. I'm going to make this <laughs> sauce. And my slogan is going to be, the reason to dip. Boom. Ooh. Boom. That is a good slogan. Trademark that. Quick, trademark it. Yeah. For anything. Done. <laughs> it even work for your chewing tobacco brand. The reason the to reason dip. The reason to dip. Dude. Yeah. You're you're on to something. Right, just right. Do you think jalapeno flavored chewing tobacco would be good? Oh man, no. I don't either. <laughs> I don't. Well, I'm not a chewer myself. Well, I've tried. Me neither. Uh, but I, I, I've, I have in my younger days, I may have have tried it once or twice, and I think that would be a bad, a bad combo. I feel like that would just fry the inside of your lip. I tried it one time. And I almost threw up. It was terrible. <laughs> no, yeah. hey, no offense if, if that's your thing. It just wasn't for me, right? No, totally, mm-hmm. man. I know guys that, that dip for days. But, uh, that's another not, slogan. Not me, that's man. another good slogan. Thanks, dude. Dip for days. We're on a roll. Dip for the days and dip. the reason to dip. Yeah. We're going to have to sell this to Skull or Grizzly or whoever else is interesting. interested. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Big tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up. You're the reason to dip. The reason to dip. No, I no, I'm saying. I'd rather I'd I'd I, I'd rather go with blue cheese, but that's just me. Uh, blue cheese is cool, but I'm I'm with your homie. I'm all about the ranch on pizza. Oh man, uh, that's amazing, dude. No, I can't. Do have it. you tried it? Yes, I have tried, have tried it. it. I have tried it. Not with good ranch or good pizza, but I I oh, wow. I, I just I haven't I I never ran into a ranch dressing that was my friend. Here, here's what you do. You get yourself a fine DiGiorno from <laughs> the frozen section and get yourself a bottle of Hidden Valley Heavenly. I don't know if I can agree with you on this this particular point. Don't, don't knock until you try. I, 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 I will say while we recorded our album, I did, we did like trigger a Totino's pizza. Um, nice. And then we we went down to the well. We didn't. This is the wrong order. But we triggered the Totino's pizza, but we topped it with um, fancy sausage and extra and Ooh. extra cheese. So it was like a gourmet Totino's. It was and it was delicious. That's nice. A diamond in the rough. Kind of. It was like if you like took a a Big Mac and you replaced the beef with like local grass fed patties. <laughs> to- totally. <laughs> But you got to keep the special sauce. You got to keep it. You have to. You don't have a choice. You can't get rid of that. <laughs> Not at That's all. That's what makes it what it is. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. Well, this is uh, one of the both deepest and uh, funniest episodes in some ways because, like, we just did this big like <laughs> it's almost like scoop in the mids. We kind of like we were started out kind of kind of <laughs> high and then we went kind of low and then we came back out on top. So it's it's a uh, it's a good thing. What we do. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. You're welcome, man. Thanks for having me. It was great. Right on. Thank you. All right. Well, I'll do my little outro thing. So for Joshua, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, that was an, an excellent episode for me, even though it was a, a little bit a little bit rough on the, uh, the old heartstrings for this guy. But uh, uh, Joshua was a really good guy to talk to. And uh, hopefully you guys go check his pickups out and all that stuff. Um, in other news, I haven't asked for this in a couple episodes, but if we could get some more iTunes reviews up there, that's very helpful in, uh, having people find the show and, you know, just telling your friends, any of your guitar playing compadres, uh, who you think might get a kick out of the banter and the nonsense, um, go ahead and give them a shout. Um, thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you next time. Later guys. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help 
everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.